Give me all your loving, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Celtic are out of the Champions League and Palace have signed Joachim Anderson. It's Thursday, 29th of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. Hi, everybody. Good to have you here. Andy, is it a thrilling Thursday or a throbbing Thursday? Or are the two the same? I think it's a thrusting Thursday. (laughs) Yes! I think you can have all of those. You can have all of them. On a Thursday like this, you can have what you want. (laughs) Exactly. And all the girls are crazy for the sharp-dressed gym. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a little tribute to ZZ Tops there. Gentlemen, uh, we start with some Champions League chat. It's funny, isn't it, in July? You forget, one one can forget about the preliminary rounds yeah. and so on and so forth. But and this they are... is for next seasons as well, isn't it? This is how, <laughs> is how that... long they take. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think in the case of Celtic and Galatasaray in particular, you can forget to prepare for them. You can. And also, Andy, uh, two examples there. There's some bloody big teams yeah. knocking around uh, in these in these rounds. Of course, Celtic, they were beaten by Michelin 2-1 after extra time um, last night. It was in the second round of, of qualifying and it's the second consecutive year that Celtic have uh, fallen at this stage, which is very, very disappointing uh, for them, of course. But, Jim, they got off to a, a flyer with a Callum McGregor's oh, goal. Let's, let's not forget that goal. I understand, Celtic fans, that, that, that you're obviously disappointed and so on. But in the name of football... Marcus, I think you are swimming upstream there. I think <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, this goal will be forgotten, I'm afraid. I know. It, yeah, a bit like... I'm still... Uh, a little bit sad for um, uh, Karen Benzema with his goal in the yes. in the Euros against Switzerland. Yeah, this one's getting nowhere and near Paul that. Pogba. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but it was an absolute beauty, and it was it was a great start. Obviously, they 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 went out, and uh, Angelos Postecoglou will be a bit disappointed. Andy Brassel, he's not been there that long, of course, the big Aussie. No, and it, it seems to be that. I mean, this is this is really difficult because you say that Postecoglou's just arrived, and the difficulty is as you were saying, with these games, they're far too big games to be happening really at this yeah. point in the season. Yeah. And that's the same every year. You know, you'll hear people saying already, oh, Celtic season's over already because, you know, they're out of the Champions League by the end of the I mean, July. that's a bit silly. I, I, I think it is because they still need to, you know, get themselves into... Uh, the Europa League from from here and um, you so know, where do they go down to? Is it like the Europa League Conference or what? No, they... Europa League next. It is Europa. League, so yeah. that they will have Europa League qualifiers next week. I'm not sure who they're playing off the top of my head, but that, that the, the draw's already done. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know that could be a lot worse, couldn't it? Oh, it, it could. I think it's just the frustration, as you say, Marcus, of a it happening again, mm-hmm. and b that sense of fail to prepare, prepare to fail because. No one sane is blaming Postecoglou for this. Mm. Um, he's, he's he's just come in. It seems that Celtic fans have um, met him with a great deal of optimism um, and responded to him positively. But in terms of the, the way the the board's gone about their business or not gone about their business, it seems like they've. It feels to a lot of Celtic fans, I think, like they've gone in with with half a team. The, yeah. The, the, yeah, they need work there. Certainly, they're very inexperienced in defence. Well, the average, need, average age was 21. Yeah, they need a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's pretty oh, clear. And that, in terms of goalkeeper, Marcus, they might have something up their sleeve. Oh, go on. Joe Hart. Joe Hart. How about that, eh? I think that would be a good move all round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with regards to the signings, I mean, Postacoglu himself said this week that they'd been flying by the seat of their pants with the, with the lack of signings available. I mean, when you're going into 
it is a Champions League tie. It's a preliminary run at that, Jim, but it's not exactly ideal, is it? No, of course not. It's 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 an absolute sort of heartbreaking scenario, really, mm. to to be so. I guess underprepared for various reasons for for a game like this because it's got such a seismic effect on your season. Mm. In you know what is slap bang in the middle of preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how can you really be prepared in any sense? It's just an unfortunate um, quirk of how of just how congested football is at the moment, well, isn't it? I Let's... guess what what a lot of I mean the, the thing is this does happen every year, yeah. and, and that's the the thing with Celtic. There'll be a sense of deja vu, and there'll be a sense of you know what is the recruitment sector at the club? It seems like there's no direction, there's no organisation there. And they've known that they were going into this tie since the end of last season. Mm -hmm. So really, they need to get the ducks in a row, even if it's getting them a little bit closer in terms of a later qualifier. Because now they're going to have to go through, what, four extra games even to get into the group stage of... The Europa League. That's yeah, their, and when you that's, like that. that's their that's their best case scenario. It's really tough, and they've they've known this was going to be happening for a for a while, and it must be so frustrating because if you look at the the overall way that those two games went, and bear in mind that Mitchelland were a team that got to the group stage, mm-hmm. they took points off Atalanta in the in the group stage of the Champions League last season. Okay, they've been weakened a little since then, but still, Celtic go into this and. They, they've actually played well enough to win the tie over those two games, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. You know, they definitely had their moments. And yeah, they, they just, there's just not enough quality at both ends of the, of the field. There was the Darf sending off uh, near Bitton in the, in, in the first game, which was really avoidable and kind of turned the game as well. So that's why I think the supporters will probably look at the board and say, you know, couldn't you have left us in a better position to mm-hmm. to deal with this? Because that, that's the thing, as you say, Jim, it's an absolute mountain to get to the group stage if you're starting at the second qualifying round. That, that's what it made it so amazing when Ajax got to the semi-finals and yeah. to, the, to the brink of the final because they started in the qualifying rounds and and got all the way. Of course, they're in a different position than Celtic because they've they've got more money and a better squad. But 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 still, it shows that preparation is so important. Yeah, I mean, potential silver lining though. Postecoglou said that he felt. Perhaps he should have been a bit more forceful with the board in in talking about how basically how much work they had to do in the transfer market. And now perhaps this shows that he had a point, right? And mm-hmm. that he needs to be backed and they need to find solutions to, to make the squad better. Yeah, it's not it's not great for starters, is it, for it, him? Big no, job and all that. Especially with you know, there's a lot of talk that um Odds and Edward may well be off to Brighton, mm-hmm. which would be obviously a great signing for them. I'd love to see what he can do in, in the Premier League, but obviously he's very, very tough to replace. Well, gentlemen, let's hope that they are still very underprepared when they face the magnificent Gorgie boys <laughs> this Saturday to kick off. Uh... I don't know if it matters how much they prepare when the magnificence <laughs> are in town, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Um, you mentioned the Galatasaray there, Andy. They went out to PSV uh, in the qualifiers. I mean, that's a huge tie for yeah. uh, for a second yeah. round uh, preliminary stage. I mean, I don't know the state of um, Galatasaray at the moment, but they're, they're in a similar situation to Celtic. I'm sure with with a kind of half finished team. Uh-huh. They've signed two fullbacks this week, including Patrick van Aanholt, of course, who's, who's just who's managing Crystal the side. Is, is, is Fatty back? Oh there? yeah, Fatty Turin's back there. He is. Course he is. But I mean, if they they perform really poorly over the mm. over over the two legs. I mean, they lost seven two on aggregate. Yeah, it's not great. Um, 
So St Johnston, who they're playing St. next Johnston in their next. qualifier. What a tie that is, by the <laughs> way. St Johnston versus Galatasaray. If, that doesn't, if that doesn't get the blood flowing, I, I don't think there's any blood in you. Do you know what? I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm sort of on one level a bit gutted for St Johnston that they've got Galatasaray because you think, oh, that's such a huge tie. Like, it's such a big team. You, they, they probably won't get a chance. If my more sort of cynical side, which actually brings a more sort of joyous reaction to this, is well, I don't think St. Johnson would probably get to the Europa League. What is it? The uh, yeah, Europa League proper anyway. So why not have a big tie? Yeah, exactly. In the preliminary. Do you see what I mean? Especially one that's a little bit vulnerable. Yeah, because if you exactly, do win that, Jim. if you do exactly. get through it, yeah, then, then, then you know you you got the wind in your sails. You're, you're club legends, exactly. O- already, and yeah. uh, uh, there will be some connected with Galatasaray who are getting the fear after what happened at Ostersund a couple of years ago. And we all know what that turned into for Ostersund. Yeah, we do. Mm, we do. And Graham Potter. Big pots. Um, gentlemen, let's uh, uh, come back home to the Premier League, if we may. Uh, Crystal Palace have confirmed the signing of Joachim Anderson for, for, for £17 million. Pounds. Uh, big signing, because he was at Fulham uh, last season. Despite Fulham's relegation, he, he played well. But previously to that, Andy, you'd mentioned that he didn't do very well at Lyon, which remained, you know, that's still the case. I mean, whatever he did at Fulham, it's still his time at Lyon was yeah. poor. Hence him not playing at Leon last season, I'm guessing. Hence them basically giving him away to Fulham on transfer deadline. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do you make of this, though? Because, he, he, you know, he, he did all right for Fulham in the, in the Premier League. More than all right, I would say. He, yeah. had a, he had a really, really good season in, in, in the Premier League. And that season at, at Leon, happily for him, looks more and more like mm-hmm. an anomaly. From the Leon side, they're just delighted to get their money back because mm, yeah. as I said, they're in this position of having to basically give him away on, on, on deadline day last last season. But more pressure you, playing for Leon than, than than Fulham and Palace, you'd say. But there are there are a lot of eyes on you uh, if you're playing in the Premier League. And if you can have a good season in the Premier League, I mean, that was the best possible thing for him and the best possible thing for, for Leon because that they, they managed to like minimise any sort of financial loss. And you know, the season he had last season, if, if we were in a, a proper transfer market rather than one that, a oh, proper transfer market, one that wasn't damaged by, by mm-hmm. COVID, they'd have been able to knock him out for 30 million because he was really, really good. And it's positive for, mm. for, for Palace. I can't get over those weird signing photos. Though. <laughs> knock him out for 30 million sounds like um, a strange service, a very expensive <laughs> yeah. service that you're running. <laughs> we're high class here at the Football Ramble. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the higher level of Patreon uh, Jake and Logan Paul's agent offers boxes <laughs> uh, Jim, did you, he's, he's isolating his Joachim Anderson at, at the moment so uh, his photos on uh, social media which was sort of his unveiling were in his house I presume uh, and uh, it did look as though that he was about to go on his first day uh, off to school because he was sort of wearing the kit he, did, was it the away kit and then it was the, the home kit and the away yeah, kit it was, no, it was two, two away kits oh, was it two away kits I mean uh, basically I reckon they've put those up on Twitter yeah. or they've got the photos back from it got to send him that home game. <laughs> <laughs> but it was quite nice. But Palace, they've released uh, Cahill, Sacco, Dan um, as well. So uh, so they needed a, a centre-half. Yeah, it's a big change at Palace, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a lot to sort of gel together at once under a new manager. I'm, I'm really intrigued as to how Vieira's going to do that and how he's going to do there in general. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it's a t- I mean, Vieira, we know he likes to go with youth. That seems to be what mm. he's doing. That's his thing. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, and they did have need... a very old squad. They needed refreshing. Yeah. 100%. percent they I mean, needed to go in that direction. Did he think, like us, did or like me, did he think Andros Townsend was older than what he actually is? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Like, he, was, he was punditing on the Euros. That's the kind of thing I do. Yeah, he must He's been be. around for ages. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But uh, Andy, he does seem to have been a, sort of a, well, not a clear out is too strong a word perhaps, but this is, he is shifting a few people around and, and wanting to get that uh, more youthful exuberance which Palace haven't had for a while. Yeah, and some of that is out of his control as as, as well because mm. you know that they clearly wanted to move on with so many players being out of contract and some of those like Saka are really big earners as as, as well yeah. so it gives him something to to play with I just hope he gets time because globally he did a really good job at Nice it didn't end brilliantly mm-hmm. um, but you look at his work there that can um, sometimes mask what, what somebody actually does yeah. if it doesn't end well you think actually but hang on let's look at the overall last picture. impressions last in football exactly 100% yeah. but I, I, th- I think he's, he's someone with a lot of imagination a lot of charisma and he is really good with young players you look at what he did at Manchester City as as well I'd be relatively optimistic for him. And clearly, him and the club have got a shared vision, which I know people talk about Frank De Boer, but he was trying to like reinvent the wheel with Allardyce and Pudis's players, which was never mm. going to work. Mm-hmm. So when, um, as entertaining as we all find the clip where Jose Mourinho gets stuck into him, <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think, uh, you know, we've never seen Mourinho and Luke in the same room, have we? No, we <laughs> I don't think we ever will. Uh, which is for all the, the, the benefit of all of our healths. Um, Jim, is this just the next stepping stone for Patrick Vieira before he uh, takes over from Mikel Arteta at Arsenal? Oh, I tell you what, if he proves himself to be a brilliant manager, I would not hate that. But I can't, I can't see that happening because I yeah. think Arteta will be there for probably another twenty-three or four years, based on Arsenal's. <laughs> I was going to uh, say this is rather pattern. premature and downright yeah. silly of me to say that, but I thought I, I would. Uh... The question really is: Will he be as ripped at seventy as Arsene Wenger is? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that's Viera, possible. Viera, I don't know if anyone oh, no, can do I, it. I, I, I meant Arteta actually. All oh, right. I mean, no, I, maybe, I, I, I think there's not. no chance of that. No, right. Seydorf definitely. He's the one man I'd be I'd back to be ripped till the day he dies. Yes. Yes. Yeah, very much agreed there. Um, right, Rafael Varane's transfer has been officially confirmed by Manchester United because we've been talking about this all week and it has been confirmed. Because if it hadn't been, if it, oh, actually, no, we're not going to do it, all that chat would have just been old Chutney, Andy. After, after Joachim Anderson, I wonder what his spare room's going to look like. I have no idea. Mm. I have no idea. Um, but talking of centre-half signings, David Moyes is plotting a big swoop of his own. He is pushing, apparently, pushing... West Ham to sign Phil Jones on a free. I'm not sure I'd like to see the Gurn if he's pushing Phil Jones. Yeah. He's trying to capture his signature, Jim, mm. and other <laughs> such tabloid <laughs> kind of expressions. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd love that. I'd be all over that. I'm surprised <laughs> that we don't. I mean, Phil Jones is still only 29 years old. He feels like he's been around forever. There's another one. Yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? Because that, he, he's he, still in his twenties. Yeah, I know. But he both. I mean, him and Andros Townsend would have broken through when they were teenagers. So you know, they've been mm. they have been they have been around for ages, and yet they're still young. Yeah. Um. And I, I mean, yeah, he's a bit of a punchline, isn't he, Phil Jones? Because of the baffling things he does with his face. Yeah. Um. And obviously, sometimes he looks a little bit cumbersome. But I mean, you know, he played in the 2018 World Cup. It's mm-hmm. in, for England. It's important to remember. He was a part and of like, the squad. He, yeah, but I mean, didn't he play against Belgium? I think he managed to get onto the pitch. He made, 
the way you word that, he managed to get onto the pitch. It's like Carl Power. But still, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look that one up if you don't know it. Carl no, no, Power, he, yeah, he was a part of the 2018 World Cup. But what, what he's I'm, played at a very high level of What football. I'm saying exactly is yeah. he's played for Man United for a long time. Yes. He's won a lot of stuff there. And he's been involved in teams that have won no, things. Right, he's played course, for England. He's a far better player than the, the memes would have you no, believe. No, you are, you are right to say that, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of level he's at if he can join a club like West Ham. But this is the kind of... If West Ham sign someone like Phil... No, specifically Phil Jones, because that's who we're talking about. If they sign Phil Jones, you look at one or two other um, players who have played for, for huge sides. I mean, Johnny Evans is one that leaps mm. to mind and, off, and on office. When he went to West Brom, obviously did really well. He's, he's, that's a great example. Yeah, exactly. Where you think, oh, actually, is he that good? And the memes don't help. They really, really don't, of course. And he has had a few sort of sloppy moments and so on in a Man United shirt. But he still played for them a long time. This could be a move where he goes to a side West Ham in this case, and actually becomes shows, a big player for them. Becomes yeah. a big player in a smaller pond and all that. I think sort of we stuff. can't forget how good he was for Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He was, he, was, he was amazing for uh, Blackburn. That was a long time ago, though. Andy. Yeah, it, but it, he, it, it was. You would but... think they were different players, like they were twins. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> like if you see the footage of him, and there are so many of those players coming out of United. You know, Lingard, Smalling, Lukaku, Mkhitaryan to a certain extent. Yeah, mm. it can be done. <laughs> What's that? I just remember Mkhitaryan at Arsenal. Barely. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the funny thing. He was a great player elsewhere. He's, yeah. he's, he's done he's done pretty well for Roma. No. Did you see he had a great um, set two with Pepe in a friendly last night. Mm. Again, Roma against Porto. Oh, I did see the footage of that, yeah. Um, classic Pepe. Classic Pepe. Yeah. It's never too early to get started on the new season. No. Shoved his arm slash elbow into Mkhitaryan's face. Mm-hmm. Mkhitaryan took a little foot fence at him. The, the Pepe coaches, basically dives, isn't it? Foul someone and then dive is the Pepe. <laughs> the, the, the coaches, the coaches had to come onto the pitch and, and you... calm it down. I love the idea that Sergio Conceição and Mourinho come onto the pitch to calm it down. Yeah, those two. Yeah. But you're right, though. With Pepe, he embodies the two worst things of football. Goes in for like a career-ending tackle and then dives at the same time. <laughs> the absolute gall of the man but the winning smile I think is what tops <laughs> yeah. it off oh the man is is his he enjoys himself oh long may he reign he's <laughs> <laughs> now an out winner you can't yeah. deny you Absolutely. can't deny no such thing as a friendly for Pepe no certainly not um, oh yeah mentioning West Ham earlier there's a group of investors um, who uh who've made a takeover bid to buy the, the club worth over £400 million. Um, apparently it was uh, rejected by David Suther- uh, Sullivan sorry, because he claimed they never produced any proof of funds, which is quite crucial if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but they had also they had zero interest in the football side and saw it as a property move. Um, Philip Beard... Now, immediately, suspicions are uh, aroused when you mm. hear that name. Even his name's in disguise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll just call him Philip for now, because yeah. uh, that's all we know. Uh, he is heading the consortium, uh, and he's hit back saying that they did provide proof of funds, and at no point were we asked to produce further information about our football strategy. It was quite, quite clear to me that David Sullivan's sole focus was on price. I mean, that sounds dodgy to me. At no point were we... Will be asked to produce further information about a football strategy. Surely you should you should lead with that. You know what I mean? It's not like it's, 
you have the option of, of talking about the football side of <laughs> a football think? club when you're trying to buy them. But that, you... is a, that is assuming that the seller actually cares. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of assumptions and a lot of suspicions here on both sides of the table. All delightfully petty, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I, like, I like the point. I'd like to think that they did talk football strategy, but like in a really kind of... Um, like in an unnecessary way. So what, what are you going to bring? Well, we'll get a manager in to play 4-4-2. We're going to... No, you dickhead, not that. Um, but there Dildo we brothers at it again. Indeed. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Right, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a quick break before we say something too naughty. And put away by Daniel James. That time... Great penalty. Go on, Wales. Cool. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's now time for those emails. It's Kate, Jules, Jim or Vish, Marcus, Luke or Pete the Tit. And he might just read up one in show at footballramble.com. Email show at footballramble.com. <laughs> Gets me every time. Yeah, we know. That's why people keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you for people out there who want to make me smile and laugh. Can't ask for any more for anybody, can you? No. No. A video with that camera angle? <laughs> oh, yeah, there you're talking. There you're talking. Jim, you got the first email. I do. It's from Jack Haslam, and he says, Further to yesterday's discussion about the bloke who spotted a wild John Moss whilst at Five Aside, I thought I would also share my story of meeting the man himself whilst at uni in Leeds. John Moss owns a record shop in the heart of the student area of Headingley, aptly named The Vinyl Whistle. <laughs> That's a good name. Great, isn't it? Yeah. See, I'm, I'm immediately assuming this is this is bullshit. No, it's true. It's very real. A friends of mine that live around that way and are regulars in there. Right. I think they right. think it's a coffee shop as okay. well. Okay. Um, while, <laughs> while searching for a birthday present, I wandered in and, to my shock, found Moss casually flicking through the latest releases. While I wanted to challenge the man about a recent VAR shambles that prevented a historic Sheffield United victory away at Spurs, the most I could manage was awkward small talk about the new Catfish and the Bottlemen album. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Presumably, yeah. if he was looking for a birthday present, Jim, or he wanted to buy a birthday card in the shop, they would only sell yellow and red cards. Mm, right, yeah. Maybe we should get this album <laughs> or this podcast printed onto vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Dub plate, at the very one. least. Yeah. I mean, it is pre-season. Let's test it out. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is is this more or less weird than Steve Davis like DJing the Aphex Twin and Orteca? Yeah, that is. I, I, I keep forgetting that that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm, ex, ex snooker player Steve Davis being a really being re, like properly into his electronic music. Weird. Yeah, that right. Is, good for him. Yeah, I wouldn't. It, but but you incongruous. Wouldn't, you wouldn't think he would be into yeah. anything that has a beat. No. Good old Steve Davis. <laughs> I do like the man. We asked what objects people would offer up to get a shirt from their idol on Twitter after the Victor Wanyama thing at the weekend. Oh, did they? Did you, did you see this? Victor Wanyama uh, swapped his Montreal shirt for a packet of spaghetti from a fan at the weekend. As he was going down the tunnel, the yeah. fan had a sign which read, we'll trade for spaghetti for kit. Um, an interesting spin on, we'll fuck for coke. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it refers to Wanyama's famous tweet in 2012, I had spaghetti and it was very nice. I enjoyed it. I can't handle 
how adorable that is. Like, I just can't deal with it. It's yeah. just so sweet. But do you not think back in the, the, the sort of 2011, 2012, people would tweet that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas it, now, they were just letting the followers know what they were doing with their day. And also, he's pro- possibly practicing um, language. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. it's Because it's just, it's so, so mm-hmm. simple. It's. I'm just so happy for him that he enjoyed his spaghetti so much. I, I, it's just so sweet. I, he didn't look delighted when he did the swap over. I don't know if that no, was because, it's weird, isn't it? I don't know if it's because the spaghetti was uncooked, or perhaps in the original tweet he meant to put spaghetti hoops and Maybe. he'd lifted that. He was expecting to receive some sort of can. Ah, I love what that, you he, that he did do the swap though, rather than just give the guy his shirt. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean because that, 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 there's almost like because he. You don't want to disrespect the guy. The guy's turned up with the spaghetti. Mm. He wants to give me the spaghetti. Yeah, I've got to take it. Yeah, you don't want to be a big time Charlie and just take the spaghetti and then just drop it on the floor. <laughs> We've seen a few players do in the past with shirts. Oh dear, Andy, we don't want to see that, do we? Um, so yes, do, do, who replied what then, Andy? Uh, from our Twitter, James Harrison uh, <laughs> replied abacus for Romario. Yes. Nice. Um, Sam, toilet paper for Jason Punchin. That's disrespectful. Uh, Matthew Green, he's not my idol, but I'm fairly confident Patrice Everett would swap his shirt for any kind of raw meat or fish. <laughs> he would. I mean, that makes me feel sick. Yeah. Really. I, did, I did sort of find it quite funny when he kissed that fish. Yeah, and the chicken that nah, time. No, the, the chicken's too much. Yeah? Too sensual, was it, for you? Mm-hmm. Too sensual and also too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So, but don't you think that I still think about the fish being there in the back of his car? I'm thinking mm. about it now. Possibly. What the, has the fish been rescued from the back of his car, or does the back of his car really smell? I don't know. But what? What is he rich enough that he can just afford to get rid to of get the car, car rather than fumigate it? Speaking of fish and backs of cars, I just think of Gascoigne when he did it to was it Ian Durant? Remember, Ali McCoy tells this story every time he's on the radio. But right. It's always enjoyable when he said that they were both injured at the time, and he managed to get into Ian Durant's car or something like that. And he put, they had two um, fish that were about to become rotten or something. And he put one in the seat mm. and then one like underneath the, uh, where the tire is. Like, but he was going to put both in behind the seat or something. And McCoyst was about to put the second one. He went, no, 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 no. <laughs> he went, don't do that. Because when he finds the first one, he'll think he's solved the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then he stuck the other one in there. <laughs> oh, God. God. Hey, my goodness. Show footballramble.com for that kind of nonsense, everybody. Um, right, on to more serious matters. Have you seen um, that uh, heading restrictions have been Agreed. This is the FA, Premier League, the EFL, PFA and League Managers Association. Um, They've issued recommendations that a maximum of 10 higher force headers are carried out in any training week. Uh, In a statement, this was described as typically headers from a long pass, more than 35 metres or from crosses, corners and free kicks. The guidance is going to require clubs to change training routines, particularly for set pieces. Uh, For adult amateur football, there is an additional recommendation for only one session a week where heading practice is included and professional clubs will be encouraged to ensure players have adequate time after matches to recover from heading. This is, of course, in uh, response to the the sort of uh, long-going chat and um, and sad examples that that, that pop up every now and then of of players and post-players having dementia and and, and all sorts of sort of head injuries. Uh, It's an interesting one. Uh, And it's it's encouraging that that such a wide range of associations and boards have come to uh, an agreement. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a huge change, this. Mm. I mean, it makes a big, big change to, to training, presumably, in preparations. I know the players themselves have been tasked with 
keeping uh, just kind of keeping track of how many headers they've 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 made in in a training session. Mm, and yeah. that's I mean that's a such a strange thing to throw into the mix of it your is. preparations for things. But obviously it has to be done. I think we will probably in our lifetime see a see a game where you can't head the ball at all. Do you think? Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all because I think it will ultimately be quite hard to um police is not quite the wrong word but just to to maintain those rules because you know heading with force is that might have to be outlawed right so i know what you mean i think that <sighs> but what i'm saying is like what where, where, where's the line of what's force and what isn't well i wonder i, I wonder it's on if, the ground and off the ground basically isn't yeah, it i wonder if if going forward i think cuz if if it's every day in training and match day where it's it's happening all the time, you're forcefully heading the ball. Yeah. Whereas actually, if it was just on match day, you know, and it was you just leave it to whatever happens in the game, and then they restrict it as they have done in training. I wonder if that would be enough to sort of safeguard players. Yeah. I guess the I mean? time heading, will tell, won't it? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I've played football all my life. I've headed a, a fair few footballs and all the rest of it, and uh, uh, and whatnot. And I I certainly would hope that wouldn't have do anything to me going forward you know but I wasn't doing that every day in training mm. and, and and I think the vast majority of people who play the game you know you don't you... I think that's it isn't it the, the, the training's about yeah repetition yes it's a start but it, it does feel very tentative mm. and very experimental mm -hmm. but I think it goes back to what Jim was saying about the fact that it is a cultural change that a lot of people are finding quite difficult to mm. Accept really because I I think what when you saw the original statement from the FA, some of the some of the responses about oh trying to ruin our game and all the, mm. all, all this sort of stuff there's just no understanding still from a lot of people that you know football is actually human beings and this mm. actually has life consequences, mm. um, but I, I think a, a lot of it a lot of the wording in the FA statement is about. Um, uh, early stage research and initial research and um, so far and uh, trial basis and all all this sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's a tricky one. I think people are worried that the game on, you know, when teams play, it, it gets a bit sanitised potentially. But actually that's not what the if, worry is here. If you're going to worry about football being sanitised, <laughs> you're like 30 years too late. I was about to say that if you look at the game that used to be played decades ago, yeah. you know, it has changed incredibly. And actually I don't think this is something to worry about, about what will happen to the game. We'll still see Harry Maguire scoring great headers for England. Don't mm. worry about that. And you know what? If for people's health, we'd never have to see another header again, then fine. Mm. Fine. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right, everybody. Um, quick update on the Olympic football, if we may. Uh, it's all gone wrong for old Gignac and France. Yeah. Oh, you didn't give me the opportunity to cover the ears of all the, the, the French listeners there. Uh, I'm afraid not, Andy. <laughs> they've, they've been sent packing after Japan thrashed them 4-0. 4-0. 4-0. What happened there? Lamentable. Lamentable. Les Miserables. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sylvain Ripoll, uh, the, the, the coach who presided over not particularly good under-21 performance this summer, is getting a bit of heat mm. already. I mean, clearly it's not the first-choice squad, but I mean, I should have done better than this. And Gignac was not shy in saying that after the game. Because when you're 35 and you're never going to play for France again, you yeah, can say not? what you want. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit of a shame. But Chris Wood and New Zealand, they uh, they march on and they're going to face Japan in the next round, yeah. Jim. It's we, interesting, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's, it's, for me, like, Jonathan Lee wrote a really good piece in The Guardian recently about how he perhaps it. it's time to 
just take men's football out of the Olympics because it seems a little bit incongruous and also just it just seems a bit of a distraction and a sideshow, doesn't it? And like not I, before I Brazil of, win it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that'd be really that'd pissed be amazing, off. wouldn't it? <laughs> like, like maybe duck at, it out now. Maybe at the semi-final, yeah, we decided to get rid of it. Out of the <laughs> why, why do you think it should be taken out? I mean, we've been playing football in the Olympics since like, we have yeah, way before it, the World Cup was even. Introduced. Yeah, I just I just feel like maybe it's. Because football in itself is so big now, there are so there, has there's so many. There's, it, there's, there is that argument as well. As well. There's also it's a really really stuffed calendar. You look at the Spain squad, and obviously this is down to mm-hmm. this is down to the people picking those players. But Pedri's in there, Ayuzabel, Danny Olmo's in there. Like a lot of players that have gone deep into mm-hmm. the, into the Euros. As well. Yeah, it's not normal. Yeah, and it's no. kind of I don't know. I just feel like maybe just let the Olympians do their things, leave mm-hmm. football separate. We just take out tennis as well. No, because I don't think it's quite the same in an individual sport. Okay. You know what? Um, having seen and enjoyed the three-on-three basketball so much, mm-hmm. it, it makes me want to have five-a-side. Oh, my God. Five-a-side yes. football that would might be, be amazing. Be, yeah, that might be a good solution. That would be so good. You get the best five-a-side players from around the country as well. No professionals. Mm-hmm. Have it like it is in wow. a lot of sports. Like okay. cage football. Yeah. That might be a bit like, Well, South London would have to found its own team separate from Team GB, I think. <laughs> or sixes up like the tenant sixes. Get that back. You're looking at me, you don't know what I'm talking about. It was up in Bonnie, Scotland. They used to do that, tenant sixes. Really? Yeah, six aside. They used to do it. The, the, name, rings sure. a, the name rings a bell. End of the, I'm pretty sure, uh, was it the end of the season? Was it, yeah. a, was it a Masters tournament like the one you used to have down here? I'm, in my mind, it was like you'd have some of the proper players play. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like a bit of fun at the end of the season. Mm. If I've got that, I'm pretty sure it was the proper players. Sim- I mean, it's similar setup to the Masters. But okay, who's who's in your five-a-side team? GB for England, team? oh, for G- but sorry for GB, yeah. Um, for for what it's worth, Gilmore would be brilliant at it, so he's straight in. Um, I well, Pickford would obviously be in goal, right? And then I'd have, I think John Stones would be handy on the ball. Yeah, I'd, I'd have all English players if I'm honest with you, Andy. Because Gareth Bale doesn't seem up for it. He doesn't seem that bold. And I'd have Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey would be in there. And, uh, and Gilmore. There's your five. No, I wouldn't have Gilmore in there. You wouldn't have Gilmore in there? No. I would have... Well, go, Jim, help me out here. Um, I mean, you you probably want Harry Kane in there, right? Because he's, he's just a finisher. Mm-hmm. You know those players that just put everything away? In those sort of in those sort of games, he would absolutely translate that from a massive pitch to a small one. Yeah. Okay. So Pickford it's a, it's in a boring choice, I admit, but he's going to score loads of goals. Pickford in goal, Stones at the back. All right. We'll have Gilmore and Ramsey in the midfield, and then Kane, Kane up, up top. You happy with that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah so send in your counter suggestions. <laughs> Tweet <laughs> us yeah. at Football Ramble. Team GB five aside. Oh, football Ramble. Yeah. Well, I think I think Spain would be amazing at it. Oh, yeah. they would be, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, everybody, uh, that's the end of the Football Ramble today. Thank you very much. Um, don't forget, uh, you can sign up to our Football Ramble Patreon. You get two bonus episodes and ad-free rambles and access to our Discord. So head over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble for more info. On tomorrow's show, Jim, you're back with Kate and Pete. Sure am. Look forward to that. All right, then. Until then, thanks very much, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, Jimmy. Bye. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.